Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of What the Tech Am I Doing? Today we have two amazing guests. We have Pragya and Larry. They're both business owners, entrepreneurs, have started their own brands and wanted to bring them on to be able to share how they did it, ins and outs of it, um, and especially nowadays trying to get that income on the side, maybe as your whole job, maybe in addition to your normal job. Um, and so any advice you guys can share would be awesome. So thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks, Sally. <laughs> We're so excited to be here. Okay, so starting off, Pragya, uh, she had a jewelry brand, which she started in November of 2019 called Tribe 23, which has the most beautiful jewelry up to date um, and really good quality. So it's pretty cool to see how that's grown. Um, and you can always check it out at www.tribe23.com or her Instagram, which is lovely, um, which is shop tribe 23. And then Larry has a different side, which is, um, leisure gear. And for that it's called salt and swell co. And so that's their Instagram and salt and And so they kind of focus more. He's designed his own, saw like a niche in the business and wanted to improve like chairs and towels. Um, it's really been really cool to see you guys grow and like have that creativity. So um, we'll start with Pragya since her company started first. Uh, <laughs> so what inspired you to start your company? Like what kind of brought it all on? You were so sweet. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Um, so I started my company in 2019. It was right before COVID. I always knew that I wanted to build something of my own. And so it's a, it's a really funny story. We were actually going engagement ring, ring shopping in downtown LA. So Larry was with me. We were walking through the streets of downtown LA. And I don't know if you remember, but back then, beaded gold bracelets were like everyone wanted them and they were everywhere. Everyone was wearing them. Everyone wanted them. And there was a trend of like stacking them on your wrist. Oh, yeah. So it was just like plain like beaded gold bracelets. So of course I wanted them. I couldn't find them anywhere. They were either sold out or I honestly couldn't find them. So we're in downtown LA, the jewelry like district. They should have everything, right? So we're walking around trying to find vendors that sell them and we can't find it. So we're walking through, like we're going like underground into like all <laughs> these shops, just looking for them. And vendors are like, okay, go across the street and go to this place. So we're crossing streets. We're just like in the middle of it, in downtown LA, cannot find them. And so that's when I was like, okay, I can make these. <laughs> so honestly, it was just a Google search away. I found the materials that you need to make it, saw some YouTube uh, tutorials and bought the materials. And that was my first product. So Tribe oh, 23 so started cool. and we only, we sold two products. Both of them were gold bracelets and one was, they're called the number 23 bracelet. So that was my first product. And one was the number 23 petite bracelet and then the grande bracelet. So that's how it all started. Aww. And then um, from there, the, the brand grew and I started manufacturing my products and it's just grown ever since. Oh my gosh, but that's so exciting. I know. <laughs> okay, so we'll get into the, I have so many questions on the manufacturing as well. <laughs> but okay, so Larry, how did you kind of get started in yours? Or like what inspired you to be like, you know what, I also, I want to start something. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously having uh, a spouse, a significant <laughs> other, uh, and seeing her do it was a big inspiration. Uh, but one of the like one of the main catalysts for me was when I first my first job out of college 
I actually worked for a boutique merger and acquisition firm. And it was really interesting. I learned a lot about a lot that had to do with business. But the main takeaway I had from that job was really inspiring to see these business owners build an asset. Mm. People always talk about buying an asset, having to appreciate Bitcoin, a house, (laughs) whatever it might be, right? It's great. But like there's nothing more powerful and you're never going to get a better return on your investment than actually building an asset from the ground up. So for me, that was my biggest inspiration was seeing these business owners not only making a very strong living wage for themselves, but also at the end of their career, selling their business, cashing out and building that asset. So that was probably one of the biggest inspirations for me. Yeah. So did you have that inspiration and then decide like, okay, what's, what's that asset going to be for me? Yeah. I didn't know at the time, right? I just <laughs> yeah. knew at some point I want there would be something that would click that I would have an idea that I would want at some point. I was like 22 at the time. And I knew at some point I would want to start a business and maybe multiple businesses. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just the, the fact that you can build an asset to me was like really inspiring. Oh, that's awesome. And then how did you decide on the space that you're in now? Like leisure gear. Yeah. So everyone needs a good idea, right? Like if you want to start a business, you kind of have to have that idea. You got to find that product. Like in progress case, like the beaded bracelets where you're like, Oh my God, this product is amazing, but I can't find it anywhere. Yeah. So for me, a lot of my hobbies and a lot of my life is surrounded by the coast. I love to surf. I love to go diving. Um, So I spend a lot of time at the beach. And these days, everything, obviously, social media, everything needs to be picture perfect. Mm -hmm. Baby showers, baby reveals, bridal showers, everything needs to be ready to be posted on Instagram. And so I would see people show up to the beach. You know, they'd have their good outfits. Bodies might be good. But then they pull out this beach chair and it might be functional, has backpack straps, has a cooler, very functional beach chair. But it looked like a touristy Hawaiian t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, that is, it's bright green and bright red and all these mismatching colors with this loud floral print. I was just like, why isn't there a beach chair out there that actually fits an aesthetic that people like? Yeah. And also has the functionalities of being able to easy to carry and keep your drinks cold. That's so so I found that was like my aha moment. And to be fair, I thought about this, like I started my business just last year in the summer. Um, but I, I've had this idea for like three or four years and we can kind of go, I, we can talk more about that later and like how, what it takes to get started. But like, that was my idea. And then finally last year, I finally actually like launched the business. Oh, so it took a while to like build up from there then. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's really hard to actually like get started, like get, get past the starting line almost in a sense, right? Like you're always looking to get to the finish line, but when you start a business, you're actually just trying to get to the starting line. Yeah. So like had done some research here and there, but had never like actually been able to launch anything and like, or actually get a product built. And yeah, that getting started is, is one of the hardest parts. So, okay. So how did you guys get started in creating it? So Prague, you talked about like, looking up on YouTube and figuring out how to make it. Were you literally like hand making these yourself? I was. I was. Larry was too. (laughs) (laughs) She put him to work. I did put him to work. He was junior laborer and he was making them. Um, But no, in my case, once I had the idea and I knew that this was something 
that I could start making. I didn't have to invest that much into it and I could absolutely start doing it on the side with like not as much risk, not mm. quitting my day yeah. job and you know. Um, so for me, I actually just immediately just started, got the products and started making them and started making the bracelets, learned how to do it. The first like maybe 10 weren't as good, but it started getting better <laughs> and I was wearing them all the time and people were asking me where these are from. And so that's, I was like, okay, no, I can, I can sell these and people yeah. will actually buy them. So I actually started, um, an Instagram page, the power of social media and started selling these on Instagram. I had like, like maybe a hundred followers, but people wanted to buy them. I didn't even have a website at this point. Oh, so people were Venmoing me. No way. And yes. And then messaging me their shipping address. And I was shipping it to them. Wow. I didn't have like standardized, like amazing packaging or inserts or anything at this yeah. point. I'm just making these at home and sending them to people. And people are paying like a lot of money for these, which was actually crazy to see. So I was like, okay, there's a lot of demand out there. Yeah. Um, and then truly what was the game changer was really building relationships with influencers. Mm. And some of them were really nice and nice enough to accept gifting. I wasn't paying anybody at the time. I was just gifting them products and they liked it and they were sharing it. Oh. And then that's that's how the brand started growing from there. Yeah. So how did people find your Instagram in the beginning? And then how were you just like messaging influencers or how were you, you know, how did that kind of go? Because okay. I feel like growing a brand and growing a following and like, your Instagram has a great following now. I think you're almost at like 5,000 or something. Thank you. So that's like, so sweet. I feel like that's like so small stuff. No, like, that's of course. Cute. You want to grow like... Could you imagine that. though? Like, I feel like sometimes on social media or even like the podcast and stuff, it'll be like, oh, that's so little. Could you imagine like 5,000 people being like, hey, what are you up to today? <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to follow your life. You know? <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> so true. So true. It's it does take a long time especially if you want to build like a strong following engagement a customer base especially for business people are actually going to buy your products it's it's a slow growth mm -hmm. um so i started an instagram page promoted it on my own personal instagram page <laughs> and then friends and family were actually really nice and supportive and sharing it and posting oh, about it yeah. so that's how i started growing then one of the key things that i was doing were giveaways so i was giving away the bracelets and jewelry and um in exchange people just had to like follow the brand and mm. uh, follow the instagram handle post it on their stories and really share so that's how i started getting more followers and was getting more sales um in regards to reaching out to influencers yeah i was just messaging them <laughs> i was just like like cold calling but like just messaging <laughs> on, on instagram and saying like hi this is pragya and i started this jewelry business and um, I would love to send you my products and then sending them pictures of the products and seeing if they wanted it. And a lot of them were so nice and they Aww. said, yeah, and they, they actually shared it. Oh, it's so sweet. And I was giving them like discount, personalized discount codes that they could share with their customers. So in that way, I could also see where the orders were coming from and which mm. influencer really had like more engagement oh, or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was honestly all social media in the beginning and really harnessing the power of that and then building relationships with influencers who were nice enough to share the products again it was such a small business i wasn't paying anybody at that time they were just sharing it um so that's how i started growing and then it reached to a point where it was really hard to take uh keep track of all the orders and everything without even having a website so that's when in march 2020 i launched my website and then started launching more products mm -hmm. 
which um, I started manufacturing. We can we can get into yeah. that, how that happened. Yeah. Um, but the brand was really growing, and so I launched a website, and it's just been getting bigger oh, yeah. ever since. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So how did you... Because I feel like that's something that's, like, hard for me to wrap my head around, mm-hmm. is, like, okay, you start, you're making them yourself. It's very tangible. You're like, okay, a sale, I can you know, go sell, I'm designing it. I, you're very hands-on for the whole process. Mm-hmm. Then to be like, okay, let me find someone who I trust that can do it how I want, like in a design I want, and then also the quality. Like, how did that kind of, how are you finding those people? How did that kind of work? Okay, absolutely. That's a good question. So I honestly was just Googling vendors. I <laughs> went back to downtown LA where it all started. I went back there started looking for vendors, went to so many places. And the key for me was to really find someone that I could trust and have a relationship with mm. that, and also find a place with good quality products, like you said. Yeah. Um, because that's what's going to keep people coming back and have people tell their friends and family about your jewelry, yeah. right? Especially with jewelry, I think a problem that all of us have is that it tarnishes. Oh, so that was a big concern of mine. Um, so I just started Googling places and then found this place that um, is a manufacturer. I ordered some samples, tested them for months, even had like <laughs> my family like wear, wear the products. And luckily, I think I was lucky enough that I found, found this place pretty, pretty quickly. And it's amazing, amazing, amazing quality. Oh, and awesome. we have such a good relationship um, with them and... I would just say to anyone who's starting the brand, make sure that you have a good relationship with them. If you are able to go and speak to your manufacturer, mm-hmm. go visit the facility, tour it, and then proceed with like investing more Fair. money into it. Do you yeah. have any recommendations for how to flush that out in terms of manufacturers? I know you were saying you kind of found this one early and you asked for samples and luckily they were good. I mean, wearing the neck, one of your necklaces you right are. now. <laughs> but it's like jewelry, I feel like especially... I mean, I don't know how much, like, jewelry, you can tell, like, a big difference. Like, I will pick something. There's sometimes where I'll order jewelry online, and then it'll get to me, and I'll, you know, from bigger stores, and you get it, and you're like, this is going to break. Like, this is not going to survive the year. Like, jewelry, you can just tell by the feel. Yeah. And I feel like yours, you can feel. You're like, oh, this is going to last me, like, years. Like, I'm going to be good. Um, so, like, how did you find someone, or is it really just, like, looking at reviews and, and having them ship you samples and just knowing like what you're looking for. Most of the time there are no reviews. It's just these just random. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. So you just really do have to order samples. And I will say that I found this manufacturer, but then of course was looking for more. So have ordered samples from a lot of different places. Mm. So you really have to take your time and find someone that that works for you and that's key because the worst thing that you can do is invest all this money, order all this product yeah. and then it's like not what you were yeah. looking for. Um, so yeah, I yeah, just, I hon- honestly got lucky. Yeah, <laughs> that one. thank goodness. And then Larry, you're kind of different because at least from what I understand, so Pragya was like ordering the materials, designing it herself. Did you have that luxury? Cause I like to be doing that or were you, from the start working with vendors to figure out how do I design like a chair for example or like what do I want my towels to look like or that next product like I mean you're not you know like it's I think it's harder maybe to be doing that from home or like by yourself um, without having like materials to start I don't know how did that journey look like for you yeah so it was a bit of a design process for sure like (laughs) the towel 
it like what it has to just for the listeners is it has like a, a pocket where mm-hmm. you can store your phone, your wallet, keys, sunglasses, so on and so forth. So that design was quite a bit easier, of course, yeah. <laughs> than, than designing a chair. Yeah. Um, and so it did take some time and, and, but a similar process to Pragya was really like reaching out to different vendors. Mm. Some you can just nullify right away just <laughs> by the way they respond. Yeah. But it's like, I don't want to, you know, like, and, I don't want to deal with this and of for course, the long price term. comes yeah. into the factor as well. Yeah. So you're, you're reaching out to a handful of vendors. Um, obviously qualities over price, but price is obviously a factor that you yeah. have to equate for. And so service is a big thing. And I think service is just so big too. Cause it's like the people who get back to you quickly, who you can just tell mm. like th- if they're genuinely care about their business That's and fair. like they want to care about your business. Yeah. They, they don't care about their business. Their business is relying on your yeah. business. That's a good point. So when they're like actually taking interest in your business, I think that's a really strong indicator when you're like yeah. looking for vendors. Um, and if they're like helping you with the design or, or, you know, suggesting things, Oh, well I saw this or like, Oh, I thought about this. I want to let you know, like they really, your success is their success. Yeah. So I think that's something to like incorporate if you're getting like a, a vibe that they only care about maybe their success. That's yeah. probably not the right the right vendor for you. Yeah, that's a good point. So you're like, like if my business does well, your business does yeah, well. Of course, so. of course. And then what about like? Because I remember early on. I mean, you you're saying you even started looking into this so long before. Um, but you were talking about. I remember like early on before you were like prototyping. So every once in a while you'd get like a new beach chair and you'd be like, guys, how does this one feel? Yeah. Like. You know, what does it look like? What do you think? I think I, you know, I think the straps, I want a better quality or I, mm-hmm. I, I think this I want, might want to change. So like, what did that iteration process look like for you or how did you get started? Especially with something more complicated like the beach chair. Yeah. So when you're getting samples, you like, you realize that even though you've maybe given them very clear instructions <laughs> on what you want, somehow they don't have that part or it just yeah. doesn't come to fruition. But what I found is like, almost like when you like, I'm in sales. So when you, like, <laughs> you hear someone's sales pitch and then you hear someone else's and then you hear someone else's uh. and you take pieces from everybody's sales pitch and then you make it your own. That's kind of what we did with our samples mm. is like, we got one sample. Oh, we kind of like this. They didn't do that right. Yeah. But we actually kind of like that. And like, oh, they totally botched this, but <laughs> this chair actually had a really good uh, fabric that we really like, or mm. the color came out really nice or the shape of the cooler came out really nice. So then you're kind of like piecing these different samples and then creating like the one perfect product. Um, and so for me, that was like, that's kind of made it fun. Um, also frustrating at times too, but it was like, Oh yeah, we like this, but don't like this. And then kind of just through trial and error came up with the the final product. Oh, it was really important for you to be able to fit a six pack in the corner. Oh yeah. That so was like a, testing it out. <laughs> we did. We did a lot of testing at home. That was a non-starter. Like yeah. absolutely. Like first thing I did when they shipped here is like got a six pack and made sure it fit, and it did. So and it did. did. You're like, all right. It, it was to spec. I was like, all right, yeah. this can go on yeah. the market. Yeah, that is because I feel like where your guys is both kind of started is like there's things that you wanted, and you're like, okay, other people must want this too. Can I fill this space? Right? Like, can yeah. I? Yeah. make because you're like I'm looking and I'm searching and like I could be the one they're searching for now you know yeah. like 
So it's pretty cool to see that gap and then be like, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. I think it's important to note though, like this is something that we've talked about a lot, definitely since you've started. And I think even though someone else might be doing it, you can do it slightly differently. Mm. You could be doing it better. I don't think that should ever stop people from starting a business. Cause I know that had been in my mind a lot, like between when I started this business and when I knew I wanted to start a business eight years ago. Yeah. There were so many ideas I had in my head where I was like, Oh, well someone else already did it. Mm. Everyone has done everything. Everything <laughs> has been done a hundred times. Unless you're going to cure cancer, like it, you're someone else is going to be doing it out there. So I just think that's a really important note. Um, just because people are doing it, like you can find yeah. a different way. You can find a different niche. You can market it differently. There's so much opportunity out there. That's such a good point. Cause I feel like it's always like, oh, well, you know, someone's already done it or I'm sure someone else wants it more or whatever it is. I mean, think about how many like fast food restaurants there are with like burgers and fries. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. You know, like, they all have lines out the door and are doing just fine. Some have crinkle fries. Some yeah. have curly fries. <laughs> yeah, right? Some got the skin, some don't have the skin. Yeah, you're like, you know? there's so They're just many variations. Little different niches and you just find the one that, that's right for you. Yeah, I like that. So then you're talking about like marketing and talked a little bit about like how Progius started. How did yours, did you start like the similar path with social media? Yeah. Getting the, getting this. Cause I think that's like when you're starting a business, right? There's the idea, the concept execution. Cause mm-hmm. that's obviously like a very difficult part to get things up and running that I feel like there's a lot of like bulk upfront work there. And then there's like, okay, I have this great thing. Now I need people to buy it. Like, yeah. So so how are you, what are the tools, especially like since yours has been, like you started yours last year or like it launched last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so now like what are the things you're using in the early to get that following in that like base customership? Yeah, yeah. And something I just want to like backtrack on, you talked about the execution. That was mm-hmm. something that like I had this idea for years before I actually launched it. So I actually, I brought in a business partner to kind of help keep me accountable. It was a friend I had in college who comes from a different background for me. I kind of come from like a finance and sales background and he comes from much more like of a um, design engineering background and also like those logistics pretty well. So it was kind of like perfect peanut butter and jelly situation. And so that would really help me with the execution because I had this idea, I kept researching it and then I would never like follow through and actually launch it. So I think if you're in that mindset, you have an idea, you haven't launched it yet, potentially like consider partnering up with someone. And I don't know what that every situation is different, right? For everybody, but just having that someone to keep me accountable was big for me um, and to keep each other accountable. So that was big for me. But to go to your point about specifically like marketing it, it was a pretty similar playbook to what Proggy did. It was very, very heavily reliant on social media marketing, Mm. Instagram, Facebook, want to get more into like Google ads and and those types Mm -hmm. of things as we grow. But for now, just pretty much relying on, on social media marketing and reaching out to influencers as well. I do think that works better for fashion, maybe more so Mm. than like actual, like leisure gear goods. Like it's a little bit different. Um, and like surfers and beach people just typically aren't as quick to respond. I, I yeah. what I've noticed maybe yeah. mm-hmm. is far as like, Oh, free jewelry. It's not as big. It's not as, you know, yeah. bulky. And I don't know. I just feel like you had a better, 
better hit rate with it than I did with the influencers. But for me, it was more so just the ads yeah. that, that have worked better. And, and the giveaways have worked out as well to help grow. Fair. Um, that, that was a great, um, great way to help grow yeah. the brand as well. I think especially as like summer rolls around, like at least for me, like when you're seeing other people's stuff, because it's interesting, the markets are different, right? So I feel like for you, it's like people see it. I mean, jewelry is similar. You're like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. Where did mm-hmm. you get it from? But I feel like, like the leisure gear and the beach gear and things especially like you don't really think about it until it comes up and then you know you're not like buying it when it's cold out unless you're surfing and going out maybe but, it's 100% seasonal you know and so yeah. you're just like oh I need like I always forget and then I'm like oh I need a you know I need a beach chair because when you're out at the beach and then you're like oh shoot I don't have anything to ring with yeah. me yeah. or it's like you see someone you're like oh my gosh it's so cute like where did yeah. you get it from so it's interesting the different types of advertising you kind of have to use or like rely on or know that it's winter right now and people are like not gonna be buying yeah, these it's low season for sure a lot yeah. of our orders are coming from florida right now yeah <laughs> in fact they're only coming from yeah florida right now. <laughs> like not much from yeah. places that are like oh, i can't think about that yeah. right now you know? summer we actually got a bunch from like the pacific northwest which was really cool and like uh, interesting i was like oh cool. man, like people go to lakes and beaches up yeah, there which yeah is, like, that's so true really cool um but not a lot not a lot of Pacific Northwest ones recently. A lot of Florida though, so yeah, definitely seasonal. And on what you were saying about um, partner, so I think that's so like, so for my podcast, I had the idea for a couple of months and then was talking about it with a friend over dinner mm-hmm. and they were like, I'll do the editing. It was back when we did videos. We don't anymore because he um, is a, he like got a new job where he he's like a supervisor and has like 50 people reporting to him. He's like, I don't have time to edit anymore. But then I was off and on my own and I was fine. Mm-hmm. But he was like, I'll do the editing for you. Like, I'll edit the videos. And I was like, wait, really? Like, and so if it weren't for him, I probably wouldn't have crossed that border. Because it was yeah. just like such a large barrier to entry for me. But like, realistically, it's not you like pick up a phone and just start talking. Um, but I feel like it's so important if you can have someone to give you like that little push and help you out. 100%. Um, and then obviously having like someone you trust that like. Yeah. will be that good partner for you yeah but similar story we we're getting coffee after a surf and like <laughs> he was telling me about a couple of his business ideas and you know i had my feedback and then i told him about this one he's like dude that's a like, <laughs> he was like let's do it let's do it like yeah. i want in i was like i think that's a good idea like let me think about it i didn't want to make a rash decision of course yeah um, but yeah and then it's been great so far like my yeah. business partner has been great i feel like we have a great balance of work um awesome. and yeah it's been very helpful. So yeah. yeah, definitely something to consider. So have your marketing strategies changed now? Because I feel like obviously now you have that following, you've still, you've sent it to influencers. You now have this website. Have things changed? Are they still similar? Like are there different strategies you're using now? They, I, I, they have changed a little bit. I think that one of the main differences is uh, once you have a website and you have a good customer base, you have to really get focus on getting um, new subscribers to your mm, website mm-hmm. so that you can directly market to them via sending like direct emails. Mm. And then about whether it be new launches or like um, sales or sales specific to people who have subscribed to your content. Um, and then also now that the business has grown, I've been able to invest more in Facebook and Instagram ads. Mm. So really seeing a return on that. I will say that with 
the Apple software changes or add, like you can ask apps not to track oh. your activity, that has changed a little bit. So that's interesting. Saw a shift in like Facebook and Instagram marketing. They're not able to send your ads to like more specific targeted people. Yeah. So it has changed a little bit. So it has become Whoa. more challenging. I'm still learning how it's changed and how I can change my ads yeah. with the new situation we're in now. I guess it's, I didn't think of it like that, but it's true because they, that they know what you'd want to see in your mm-hmm. marketing versus now it's like, we don't know, we'll send you like a random hodgepodge of things. But mm-hmm. before it'd be like, oh, this person is looking for jewelry. Here's an ad for it jewelry. It was very targeted. It was very targeted. Yeah. But now with the change in the app settings, it definitely has changed. Oh, well, you would say that too, right? Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. I know some people have figured it out though, because I could like look up like a certain mountain I want to go snowboarding at. And the next thing I know, like I could Google that on my work computer and then literally like 30 seconds later I could be on my Instagram <laughs> and they get that ad. Yeah. So some people yeah. have figured it out. It has become a lot harder. Oh, that's so easy. Yeah, it definitely has become a lot more challenging. So there is a, there, there's a way to crack it, but yeah. it's, it's become... Like, still working on yeah. that. Facebook marketing is really hard though. Yeah. It's like, imagine you're creating an ad all by yourself. You have to have the content, whether it's pictures or videos, and then select the type of ad that you want and really like understand how Facebook marketing works. I've mm-hmm. spent a lot of hours trying to understand oh, wow. it. It's like, maybe it's something you need to outsource. I, I feel like, you know, just as small business owners, you're always learning. So that's something that I think that I need to be better in. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh, for the different ads that you've actually like paid for, is there one that you think has given you more for your buck? Um, I would say a lot of times when there's a sale going on, of course, you're, mm. you're throwing in the promo code in there. You're saying you're mm-hmm. getting 10%, 10%, 15%, 20%, where, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I think those generate more sales. Yeah. And it's more, um, you can track them because then you see people using that uh, promo code there. Um, so I would say it's that. it's to say what's bringing them specifically sometimes. Yeah. If you don't have a promo code. Right. That makes sense. Right. Um, okay. And then, because I feel like part of the, one, growing the business, and two, marketing like not only the products but growing the products but the base of customers and the marketing um you guys both have like a day job so (laughs) i was like this is kind of just your like side business um as great as they both are so like how do you try and make time for that and like what have you seen works for you making time obviously it's going to go in waves as you're um main job goes in waves but like have you seen that certain things help you be more motivated or stay more accountable yeah so luckily for me i have a business partner probably does it all on her own she is like (laughs) the (laughs) one man band but um so that definitely helps he also has uh, a very demanding day job as well so we definitely have to balance that out but i think it's really important um to stay consistent and also to you just have to like, there's only so much time in the day. You have to say no to things, social things. You have to put the time in and like set time aside, block time on your calendar, treat it almost as if it were your day job and put time on your calendar. These three hours, I'm really going to focus on the design tonight. And that's for me, having the business partner help me keep it accountable. Cause like mm-hmm. for me, if it was just me, then it would be like, Oh, that three hours turned into one hour. But it's like, if you're working on it with someone, yeah. um, that really helped me and we're both fortunate enough to work from home. I think that that can help because then you can just like 
do some quick things on your lunch break. Like we definitely have both very demanding like day jobs. So we can't spend too much time on it while we're actually working. Yeah. But I mean, we can at least drop orders off on our lunch break. Yeah. Stuff like that. You know, you're not like, Oh, I have to go get lunch with my coworkers or it's weird if I don't or kind of that stigma. Mm -hmm. So uh, working from home helps a lot, but I think it really boils down to like having to say no to certain events. You know, your friends are, Oh, we're going to go grab beers tonight. It's like, Oh, sorry, I can't like, you don't have to give them specifics, especially if you're still building it and don't want to like necessarily launch it yet. Um, you just, Hey, I'm busy tonight. You know, you just have to, you have to carve the time out. Yeah. Yeah, It's time management. Yeah, I would I would say the same thing. It it is hard though. It's actually really hard that it like you have your full time job and then you have your social commitments. You have to see your family, significant other, birthdays or whatnot. But when you have something that you're actually passionate about and you want to work on, it ends up being fun, and you really do have to take time out to do it. And then would you say like that's up there with the hardest parts about doing this, or like what would you say is the hardest part of doing it all I think as a small business owner especially if you're not at the point where you have been able to hire people or have a bigger team I think it's about wearing like a lot of different hats and knowing the ins and outs of your business Uh, whether it be how to create a website Mm. and really manage that or learning how to ship your orders package them make the inserts that go into it um sometimes you're the photographer sometimes you're the model (laughs) you have to edit the pictures or create reels and videos um and content on a daily basis um and then you really have to stay consistent like larry was saying and share it every single day and then take time out to be on social media to engage with your customers reply to them deal with customer service emails actually ship orders out there's a lot that goes into it um so I think for both of us, I think we work on it before work. Sometimes during lunch, are able to you know ship our orders out or package orders, and then especially on weekends, mm. you really have to. You especially when I was first launching the business, I was staying home and I was working on it. <laughs> Larry was working on it with me. He was helping me. My sister was there a lot of Aww. times when we had like a lot of orders, like during Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Mm. It was like two hundred orders, and oh so people are like helping me like package these and it takes a long time and so i never got paid like let the record show (laughs) it was an internship you were fine yeah i'll do an internship you won the prize you know you got the experience yeah that's That's funny would you is yours similar like the hardest part for you yeah for me it comes i mean you touched base on it but the two c's right consistency and content Mm. it's so many people are putting such great content out there it's like insane and some people that might be their full-time job i i it has to be for some of these people i mean (laughs) so many people are just putting out such great content and they're doing it on a consistent basis and that is a very hard part because you think like even our phones take great pictures right but it's like you can tell when you like yeah. look at other people's, they're like actually professional photography or professional videos and just really like putting out amazing stuff out there. And there's a balance of, of course, putting out volume, but also putting out quality. Mm. And so staying consistent with all the day-to-day tasks, but also like, I was like, oh, it'd be, I love going to the beach. It's going to be so fun <laughs> for me to create content. Literally like a month in, I'm like, damn, I have to go 
to the beach again and it's foggy, but I need <laughs> something to post and it's like, it's really hard to come up with a high volume of good content to put out there to, to help engage people and, and grow the brand. And especially so. with like Instagram changing with like, they're not showing photos anymore. So you have to make the reels. Al- yeah. It's a long time to make and you have to choose like audios that are trending so that your reel can perform well and reach yeah. more customers. Yeah. And there's just a lot that goes into it and you kind of have to learn like, Every day, every week. Remember a long time ago, it used to be chronological? You guys remember that? No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where it wasn't just who did it more and just be like, oh, they, so you. 39 minutes ago, 42 minutes ago. Would you ever, this was like. It's like two years ago. I want to say, and it was like high school or college or whatever. People, I think in college, people would be like, oh, like I post it for people are actually going to see it and yeah. like my posts. Like, it'd be more like, you know, if you wanted more people to like There's it or whatever. There's special times of the day yeah. that you would like. There's or else it'd get buried, right? There I'm sure still is that. still yeah. that aspect. But yeah. it was so, but now there's like so many other things with the algorithms that oh, it's affect way it. Way more that just timing is not like going to help you out there. Yeah. So that, yeah, <laughs> that's, it's challenging. Yeah. Figuring out the algorithm. Yeah, the content. <laughs> the is... Zuckerberg algorithm. Yeah, the content I think is one of the hardest things for a lot of things. Yeah, especially yeah. I think like social media for me can be very like draining at times, mm-hmm. and so like yes, you want to put that energy in there and you want to get something out, but then you're like, oh, but I don't really want to do this right now, you know. So um, that's always interesting. But knowing what you guys know now, is there anything you would have done differently? I think, of course, yes, right? There is so much that I would do differently. And I can go into like the nitty gritty details of everything. One thing that I'll highlight though that's kind of specific is just knowing, for me, I was shipping beach chairs. So knowing your shipping costs. Yeah. Because from when I started to like even, it took me probably like nine months from like original prototype to like actual final product which was way longer than i thought i thought it would take like two months Mm. so just kind of know that going in especially like if you're going to start something from scratch but know the shipping costs especially if it's going to be something a little bit larger because and they could fluctuate because that's what happened with me is it literally went from like especially gas changed gas changed a lot i don't know if you remember like the the port like oh yeah backed up it was like, so a lot, like, it just was a lot higher. Yeah. So maybe if you could lock in the price, just be yeah. cognizant of all the hidden, it's, I mean, we just got married this year too. So like, there's all these like hidden yeah. expected costs, like the packaging, the inserts, the the shipping, the tape, like we have yeah. custom tape that we put on it. Like, they all add up. just really try to, like, you don't want to have analysis paralysis and never get started, but do as much as you can to understand yeah. your margins. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot. I mean, we could spend a whole other, like <laughs> how much time of the day you yeah. got, you know? So, but, um, I also would say definitely don't have analysis paralysis and do get started to your point earlier, like get going early. Like if you're, you don't have to wait for your product to be perfect. I love that saying you've said that before and I love it so much. Like if you wait till your product's perfect, you waited too long. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. If you want to do it, just do it. And then you learn and then you get better. And yeah, like Larry said, you don't wait till your product is perfect because it's never going to be. And if you wait till to launch, till your product is perfect, you, you launch too late. 
essentially. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's such good advice. And I think that's good advice. And is there anything else that you guys think, like, for someone who wants to start their own? I feel like that's such a great tidbit to take away. Like, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with if they inspire to do something similar to what you guys have done? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I would just say just do it. <laughs> Don't get in your own head. Don't think about what your friends and your family are going to say because a year from now they're going to be asking you how you did it. <laughs> and just just believe in yourself and just do it. And dedicate time to it if it's actually important to you. Invest money in it. Stay consistent. Work on it every single day. And there's space for you in the market. Even though other people are doing it, there's still space for you. It's not saturated, if that's what you're thinking, because <laughs> those are some of the roadblocks or things that people think about or get in their own minds. Um, I would just say, just just go for it. And the worst thing that, that can happen is that you learn from it and you learn a lot. And I promise you, by doing this, you learn more than you can at school. <laughs> just just by doing yeah, it and launching so your true. business. Yeah. Like, doing it well or learning from the experience you know right. either way you're gonna learn and like have opportunities and you know long life out of you we live longer now as humans so yeah you know, plenty of time yeah. <laughs> um for me yeah that's a really great point um to the whole like point of like you learn a lot and think about how like we all not not all of us went to college but you, a lot of people go to college and yeah. you learn a lot in college but um even if it doesn't work out, like you're, you're going to take away knowledge. Mm. So that's the worst case. So just <laughs> go into that with that mindset. Like, well, if it doesn't, <laughs> if it completely flops, you will learn things and that's, you know, you'll learn on the next one and yeah. you might have a be- another idea a few years down the line and then you'll learn from that mistake. So, but my biggest takeaway for people is listen to everyone, but don't take it to heart. Mm. You're going to talk to people about the business idea and they're going to have their doubts. They're going to say, well, this person does that. And they're going to have their doubts because that's just how people are. Mm-hmm. But listen to their doubts and take it in because that's, your, your, that's what your buyers and your consumers are going to be thinking too. But don't take it to heart. Yeah. And figure out how to make your product better, how to c- try to avoid those obstacles because their people are saying it for a reason. That's their knee-jerk reaction. So definitely listen to them, but don't take it to heart and don't let it dishearten you because... I hate yeah. to say it, people could just be haters. Like yeah. that's yeah. so <laughs> like go in the comment section of any Instagram yeah, post that right. has over a thousand likes. Yeah. Everyone's just a hater. Like yeah. people love to hate. So um listen to the hate, listen to the obstacles, but don't take it to heart. Yeah. And I think that's so important because I think sometimes people like there's they're sharing their opinions based on their life and they've probably never done it or if they have done it and they failed they're probably going to say negative things because it didn't work for them that doesn't mean it's not going to work for you I feel like even in like corporate world I get so many people telling me to do like certain things and I'm like is that just because you they're like you can't stay in this job you need to like do that and I'm like have you ever done that like, but I wish I did you know and you're like okay and then you talk to someone who did and like oh, I wish I never did and you're like yeah. no one knows like no one I saw um there was a new like shark tank there's an ad for Shark Tank episode, mm-hmm. and the guy who um, invented Ring, like the Ring yeah, cameras, yeah, yeah. he was on. Sh- he went on Shark Tank, and no one picked him up. Like they were like, "Oh, I don't think anyone's gonna want this, whatever." Or like whoever did, they just wanted to take like so much of his company. 
and then he came back so he they're doing like an episode or a string of episodes where he's a shark because now he's yeah. made so much money he's like right. richer than almost all of them and he's like hey guys yeah. Like, yeah, how are awesome. we doing you know and it's like people so are gonna good. tell you even like really successful people who should know their things are gonna tell you yeah. hey you can't do it and then you know you can prove them wrong so yeah, it was cool to see that. I was like, good for him, you know? Like, Absolutely. You, awesome. know? you just have to believe in yourself, and you actually have to go out there and do it and get started. Don't just keep thinking about it. Yeah. Just start somewhere and then go from there. Yeah, so yeah. if you're inspired, go try something. Like, you know, there's really no harm, especially there's some of the things you can do that you can put, start out with lower upfront costs and then build as you go and, and make money. Um, and so... If you want to continue to check out Pragya and Larry's journey and support their brands and their products, uh, you can find 25% off codes at each of their businesses um, using What the Tech. And so you'll get 25% off at Tribe 23 as well as 25% off Salt and Swell. And so um, in the notes and information of this section, I'll have the their tags and websites, but just to remind you, it's saltandswell.com and tribe23.com. So thank you guys so much for joining. I hope everyone's inspired. Uh, and this was such a great podcast. So thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you so much for having us. I'm inspired again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to go back I'm in. Back to <laughs> thank you so much, Alex, for having us. It was awesome. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow. We are lucky to be one of the top 20% of podcasts and growing so much every year. Uh, And that's thanks to you guys. So keep sharing that knowledge and wisdom and let us know how we can continue to grow and help you.